Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh my, I'm here at last. The best time always gonna be the best. Hey, looky here. It's the Pat and JT podcast. Pat and JT podcast. So super excited today on the podcast. We have uh, Carrie Morfeld is with us. PhD, Dr. Morfeld. Uh, right? Now listen to this. This is really cool. And then we'll tell you how we met her and uh, what she does. She's the director, elephant reproductive physiologist. Yeah. And works both in the United States and in Africa. Correct. You're here in Omaha. Is where you, Are you from Omaha? I'm from a small little farming community. Creston, Nebraska. Creston, Nebraska. Yeah. It's about or, two hours northwest of here. Okay. All right. So how... Okay, first, how we met her. Um, we've talked about, and we, have we had, we haven't had Les no. on our podcast yet. Have he had we? To, he had to skate, otherwise we can have him stick okay. around today. Uh, Les Vogler and his brother Lauren Vogler are from Ashland, and they have, uh, and you may have seen some of the pictures we posted online of their new podcast, which is called The Bullpen for Parkville Media. And uh, one of the posts, one of the posts that we put up there was of him in his T-shirt, and it's it's Vogler Seaman Center. And it says we're pretty handy. <laughs> and what it has to do is it has to do with um, the the breeding industry uh, in the cattle industry in particular is primarily where they started from. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they help. Um, how, what would be the best way to describe what they do? Because they, they, they help. He said they make bulls happy. Well, that's one thing. <laughs> that's what Les says. <laughs> that would Les, be his version. Yeah. Les says a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but they also, on a more scientific level, right, right. Um, they help with the, uh, the, 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 the breeding industry right. and continuing, especially in, de- depending on the, line, the lineage, right. I guess you want to say, mm-hmm. of different uh, breeding programs. So that they can strengthen them, and and also that you can have a super great bull that maybe is in the on the east coast, right? That you would really like to breed with this this the the cattle or the cows that they have on the west coast, right? And you don't have to transport the whole animal. Exactly. It's yes. Pretty powerful, and you can even um, you can freeze it for an animal that, of course, eventually will will die and be deceased. So you can use semen from a deceased animal that is right. really genetically valuable. Years and years after he's passed away, so this his is, genetics can carry wow, on. Wow, that's, that's so. Some people crazy. who have been through yeah. the the artificial insemination for people, mm-hmm. you just never think that you do it for animals, ever. right? Cross yeah, your mind, you know, trying because there are other obstacles that they may have to try to overcome. Exactly, that's what they're trying to do for the animal industry. Yeah, and so the, so yeah. for animals too that that could be going not even the animal industry but animal going extinct and and extracting semen from what a hundred wolves of whatever are left right. extract semen and then you could potentially keep that going that it, line going exactly which yeah. will lead into what i do but that's a huge part of assisted reproduction and na- endangered species is even if you know you don't feel really sound about their habitat their population the current status if you collect semen you can store it yeah and then when things improve or forever or just to increase population numbers you can inseminate and propagate a species that way it has huge right. potential this which sounds something. crazy it's unbelievable we yeah I, so there's so much to talk about here <laughs> backing up here again we met right. you because les had a, a party 
because his wife yep. has wandering wine events, mm-hmm. and that's because they met some great people in Napa Valley, right? At John Anthony Wines, and they had this this great wine testing um, in Tecumseh, and we went down to it, and we talked about that a couple three times before it happened, and you were there, yeah. And so that's how we met yeah. you and on the like, bus on the way on down. The and you're like, "What do you do?" And you explain. I go. Wait, what? You, you guys are you? sitting next to each yeah, other. Yeah, we're sitting right next to you. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you do what? You do what? what? Say that again. I've had some wine. You were, say that again. You were still getting over less than what Les does. I was. Yeah. I, was still, I was just getting used to hearing Les say semen 50 times a day. <laughs> yeah. And then I hear, I'm sitting next to you and you're like, oh, what? Oh, and that's why you kind of looked away. And then five seconds later, your head went back. What? Did what do you do? <laughs> you want to say that one more time? <laughs> that's I love a common it. response that I, I get. It is. <laughs> so, okay, I got to ask. So how did you get from Creston to doing this and, and you stay in Omaha? Right, right. Well, it was definitely not that straight and narrow path, right? Um, which I didn't think it ever would be. You know, even as a young child growing up in a farming community, all my uncles, farmers, cattle farmers, you know, just I always knew I wanted to do something with, with animals. But I also knew it wasn't necessarily a vet. And mm-hmm. in Nebraska, you think that's your only option with animals, right? That's true. And so I just always had this feeling. I, went, I was fascinated with wildlife. Um, so I always thought, oh, I'm going to work for National Geographic, right? Nice. But everybody's like, yeah, every kid thinks that, right? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on to school. But I went to Nebraska Wesleyan, majored in biology. Um, everybody thinks you do pre-med or pre-vet. And I just knew that wasn't it. I didn't, knew what it, I didn't know what it was, but it was something else out there for me. I did an internship at the Omaha Zoo. Um, after that, day two, they asked me to go to Africa. Wow. Day right? Two? That was right, like, right, okay, right. my life is over. It's perfect now. I can't right. wow. be done, right? Um, and that was reproductive biology. They were doing a, a program on Cape Buffalo um, and collecting semen from buffalo. A whole nother. We'll get there. <laughs> and so it was really fantastic. And, uh, and quickly I realized the role of uh, reproductive science, and we call it assisted reproduction if it's not mm-hmm. natural in endangered species. Um, I went and did my master's at UNL in yes. animal sciences but of course there's no programs for at that time endangered species elephants tigers wow. so i specialized in pigs and did projects on pig semen well it's okay they do say that <laughs> i mean pigs are like the the like perfect animal i mean for yeah. for a lot of reasons medically speaking because they use it in in place of humans yep when they're when they're testing procedures yes. or they're testing you know things like that. Yeah. So and culinarily they're very okay. That perfect. well and that has nothing to do with what we're talking <laughs> what about. But bacon. bacon. Okay, so but, it must be noon. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Starving. <laughs> it is noon. <laughs> I knew it. So okay, so that makes sense. And in Nebraska, that's easy to do. Yeah, so, yeah. And you kind of just use a different. You would use pigs, cattle, equine for a model, right? Okay. And that's what I had done. Um, and during that process. Um, um, the problem was that there's this virus that's in pig semen called porcine reproductive respiratory syndrome virus, lots of words, but basically it's devastating to the population. It's transmitted via semen. So I worked out a way that removes that from the semen so that you had a disease-free sample, and then wow. you could use that for insemination and have it disease-free litters, which was pretty that's awesome. Huge. So I just really yeah. saw like how this could help. Um, and how and- old were you at this point when you came up with that? The way to do that. 20, 21. Unbelievable. Yeah, most most people that age are, you <laughs> know, not in the lab 24-7 <laughs> making these tubes. And, but awesome. you know when you like are hooked on something and yeah. you have an idea and a passion, nothing gets in your way, yeah. right? And so... Yeah, that was my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> if you told I'm your sure. dad, if you told your dad when you were like fifteen, like when I'm in my twenties, I'm gonna be handling semen every day. 
He would have, you would have been shipped off to some island. Or locked up. Or locked up. I think he still thinks that every time. My, my, next, my next idea, I'm like, Dad, I got, I got 300 mils of elephant semen. Oh, good God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's all the same so, just 20 years later. I'm sure good. at the coffee crazy. shop, it's always, so what's your daughter up to? Not much. Nothing. <laughs> no, no. I haven't talked to her. He used to, but now he loves it because good. he goes to Africa with me. He's seen firsthand. Awesome. So now he kind of gets it a little bit it's more. True. It's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> once you, I mean, once you, you like get past that because, and it's so funny, there, there right. are some words in, in the English language. <gasps> oh my God. Oh my God. Right. Just, I get all flustered and get the vapors. Right? Yeah. And, and honestly, once you get past that and realize what it's really doing, I exactly. mean, you know, really what you're, what you're really trying to accomplish. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. get over that. He, he, yeah. They're, they're really used to it. My whole family, my friends, it's, you know, <laughs> they'll come in. I'm like, can you label these semen straws? It's, it's like just, you know, normal language. It's part of life. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, so but after that, I then decided, you know, I really wanted to make a, a change in the world for endangered species. And I knew I had to get more education, um, so the Smithsonian Institution was, you know, the top-notch program, one of the few in the country, and you don't just get in. Um, so they said, that's great, come work for us for free for a year. And, yeah, yes. and so I decided to sell what I had, packed my cat in my car, and drove out there on a big awesome. leap of faith, and didn't turn back, and uh, worked in the lab of the top reproductive scientists in the country um, for elephants, um, that's won a amazing. rover, and then... She asked if I'd do my PhD with her, and it was on uh, figuring out why um, African elephants and zoos don't reproduce like they should. So I dove on that opportunity, and you know, one thing led to another. And you know, I'm from Nebraska. Um, I had opportunity to stay out there, but I really wanted to bring something unique back to Nebraska. Yeah, and I felt I could do that from here. So luckily, with the support of the Smithsonian. Um, I had a, a little girl at that time. I came back to Omaha and I had done some work at the Lincoln Children's Zoo, Omaha Zoo. And, you know, since that time now I run a nonprofit to support this work because I want to help as many institutions and zoos um, and wild programs as I can. So it gave me a little bit more yeah. flexibility. So it, here I am. <laughs> it's kind of cool because you got the t one of the top zoos in the country and in, in yeah. the world. I mean, a great zoo right yeah. here. Uh, and, and so we're kind of um, privileged as a community because we hear about the things that they're accomplishing at the zoo. And every once in a while you do hear about uh, trying to get animals to reproduce in captivity. Yeah. It's like, is it psychological? Is it physical? What are you finding yeah. out for the, as far as the elephants go? Yeah. Um, you nailed it. It's all of those things. You know, if it was only as easy as just looking at a reproductive cycle and saying, Hey, she's an esteris. Hey, Wow, that would be easy. But it's the complicated structure of them having the right exhibit, the right habitat, the right social environment, the right physiology, the right... Um, so I did a lot of work on um, body condition, which is another way of saying fat. <laughs> but now I can't say animals are fat. I've been through communication <laughs> training. <laughs> oh I may have gotten in some trouble. Really? <laughs> calling animals fat. Oh, there's somebody can get offended. She's shaming. They, there's, there's somebody out there to get offended by everything. <laughs> right. And I, and I was like, it's from a good place, right? I'm right. Just, I right. don't follow up with saying fat and go away. I then provide, you know, some, some recommendations and opportunities that's anyway awesome. um so we find it's a lot of a lot of different things but the cool sensitivity thing, training that's, what, I was to think of. that's what you need yes yeah that's, yeah okay i'm sorry 
awesome. Yeah, I had to go through all of that. Oh my um, God. But the cool thing about that, so a lot of my first work was looking at um, obesity in elephants, right? Um, and I found that one of the primary reasons, so in African elephants, female elephants will cycle or able, able to be pregnant throughout their entire lives. And we found that more than half of the elephants of reproductive age didn't even have a cycle. So no cycle means no pregnancy. Right. And so my research was trying to figure out why, looking at all those things you mentioned, weather, social, all of those things. And we found the primary thing was this um, body condition or obesity. So I developed a scoring system that actually they use in cattle. So and I it's the same way it for to, people too. Yes. It can affect the same thing for people as well. Wow. And, and the cool, yeah. the Really wow. alarming thing about it is the obesity rates in elephants mirror human obesity in companion animals. So, yeah, so 75% were overweight, 33% obese, which is exactly what humans, cats, and dogs, which is really That's interesting, odd. right? Isn't yeah. Crazy? yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's wow. part of what, what, what I had done. Um, but, yeah, so now elephants have body condition, not fat. <laughs> Very good. I will from now on I make right, that clear. talk yeah. about my body condition. Right. I was just texting my wife know, earlier right? today about my belly body condition. <laughs> I got to reel that back in a little bit. So that's funny. You got in trouble for that. I love and, it. I you love know, it. If, you're, if you're not getting in trouble once in a while, and you just, you yep. know, you grow, you mess things up, you grow, yeah. you fix it, you, you go on, but you on. don't let it defeat you, right? That's, that is amazing. Let me ask you too. I think I asked you this the other night, but just so I, st- I, I make that point because I know our listeners are familiar with Stephanie Arney. And I didn't know if you were familiar with her who worked with uh, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom for a while, and she kind of she, she kind of stepped into the Marlon Perkins role, mm-hmm. and now she's mm. moved on to a TV show. But she she's advocating for mm. the environment and for animals, right? And same kind of thing. But she's from mm. small town. She married a guy from Wahoo, yeah, and is from here. And it's just like this is amazing because yeah. you're both in in very different ways. Yep are doing very big things. Yeah. But, but to and think that somebody from the middle of Nebraska, like you, <laughs> could change the way that elephants from the other side of the world, how they can reproduce and we can assist them. That's just crazy to me. Or in the zoos across the country. Yeah, yeah or yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is crazy. And it also is... Um, you know, it feels sometimes like overwhelming, but it also feels like a responsibility. And I feel mm-hmm. like I was given this mission for a reason. And so you just do the next thing, right? Yeah. And, and it... And I was in, under some organizations that I thought I could do what I thought was needed, but I really couldn't. Like, I really needed to be under my own organization mm-hmm. where we could take some bold steps fairly quickly. So instead of, like, writing a grant, thinking about that, waiting two years, you know, the problem has gotten too far. Mm-hmm. Some of these zoos need or specific animals needs help, you know, the next day. So I really wanted to take some bold steps. Um, zoos have been around a long time. Um, elephant reproduction is continuing to be more and more poor. Um, mm-hmm. Not it's that just... zoos, it's their fault. It's just a lack of information. Right. So now we have some information. We have to take some calculated risks. And I just try to help zoos push that along in the, the most politically correct but aggressive Good for <laughs> yeah. you. way that I can. Fat's fat. Um, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Thank exactly you. Right. 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 I'm like, why am I being told this? I know. 
<laughs> no, but the cool thing about that was when I had to present at a conference about that, and I even said to the audience, who here has a fat elephant, you know? Yeah. If 75% of you aren't raising your hand, you're lying, right? <laughs> and it was so cool. It was kind of like everybody raised their hand. Ah, like it was kind of this, okay, we can just say it now. Let's just, and the cool part was is they, they recognized it. And it wasn't like a shameful thing. And then the bigger part was, now what are we going to do about it? And it was cool. And that's what... As a zoo community, it's recognizing yep. where we might have done things wrong, but having the courage to admit it, to raise your hand, and take steps to improve it. So, so then you, so you co- go and you collect. You have like zoos contact you and say that we have a a bull elephant that's about ready, it needs to be collected. You go out there, do it, and then they inseminate. Then or how how what's the process like? So the process can look a lot of different ways, but it was more of me um, initially and still to this day getting bulls to collect, getting zoos to collect in the first place. Um, You know, we're at this point where we need to improve reproductive rates. Right now, for every five uh, deaths, there's only three births. Right. So we're at a negative growth rate. So we've done all the predictions and we just need six births per year to get wow. a positive growth rate, which you think that's not many, right? We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. If we have 160 elephants to work with, we should as a community be able to do that. So a lot of the last two years has wow. been me pushing and kind of playing the shame game a little bit. You would not bit. think it would be that <laughs> like, difficult to convince them to do it. That's what, they're, um, that's what zoos want us to continue these. Why is it so yeah. hard? The, the, when you said 160 elephants yeah. too, uh-huh. is that how many elephants are in zoos in America? Yeah, so this is um, specific for African elephants. One particular. So okay. there's African and Asian, and so there's around 300 collectively. That seems like a small number to me. It does. For yeah. as many zoos. Yeah, right? Does. So, yeah, yeah. It, it does seem small, which also makes it more restrictive. So if you're uh-huh. just looking at, so I'm primarily looking at African elephants right now because they have more reproductive issues. So it's kind of like an emergency situation. What do you do first, right? Treat mm-hmm. those that need it, and then at the same time be doing the same thing for the Asian elephants elephants but of the 160 african only 32 of those are males right and so you're already looking at 32 potential males and some of them are older and some of them Mm -hmm. aren't trained for that so a lot of it is me getting zoos on board to start training their males at like age eight so they're used to that process and and i'm gonna say too just (laughs) and just so we can kind of go there a little bit but when you're talking about (laughs) we can go there we can go there when you're talking about the reproductive process for a lot of larger animals Mm -hmm. and um uh and horses is one that I, i i'm familiar with but it can be dangerous Right. Um, and, yeah. and when you have a low number of animals, it's easier on them if you do what you call assisted right. insemination, yes. right? right? I like that instead of artificial. I like assisted that. Assisted sounds assisted. better. Assisted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does sound um, better. Yeah, it does. Communication training. There you, yeah. there you go. <laughs> my, me and my sensitivity. Um, but, um, but it does, it makes sense um, for the animals. And like you said, you have older animals or, or possibly injured animals yeah. that, that aren't capable of physically performing the act exactly that if they are trained to be okay with the collection right 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 then it takes a lot of stress off of them and and also probably for the females as well yeah i would imagine well and a lot of it is because um, many zoos don't have males 
right? Yeah, so Repro 101. <laughs> you need a boy. You need a boy. And transportation's um, kind of out of the yeah. question. And so it's not out of the question. We're starting to do that more. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to push for yeah. zoos to do that because in the wild, that's what males do. They yeah. they don't live within the the group of females and their calves. They're out on the outskirts. Of course they don't. Right. <laughs> They're men. Anyway, go so ahead. So we I'm can sorry. do that. <laughs> Down at the watering hole. You have no idea how many similarities there are. Right. Like, we can ha- do a whole show on that. So everybody's yeah. throwing their trunks around. That's right. <laughs> the trunk yeah. party down at the water hole. Males are it. That's totally what they do. Uh-huh. All too familiar. Yep, yep, yep. Is what it I is. I can only imagine in, in your community itself, when you guys are behind closed doors. Right. I'm sure the humor nobody would understand except for the people behind closed doors. Right. It's you, really Everybody fantastic. else would just be appalled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although we have been to restaurants and we all of a sudden notice there's nobody sitting around us anymore. We all left. And it's either one, what we're talking about, or two, we were just in an elephant barn oh. for all day. Right. Well. <laughs> Pick one or both. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love this. Now tell me, okay, your organization. Yeah. Um, it's for elephants.org. Yes. The number four. The number four. Why is that? Right? Because F O R was taken. Ah, <laughs> I love it. There's, See? there's so many easy Jill, explanations. This was my yeah. main yeah. thing. I said everybody's gonna think I there's these four elephants. <laughs> and so now I have to have a story of these four elephants because everybody asked, and I knew it was gonna be a problem. But you uh, know, how many different kinds okay. how many different kinds of elephants? Elephants are there? <laughs> Two. Okay. I know that doesn't um, work. Right, well, so initially the, the name was, <laughs> I, I've, I've tried everything. Um, so initially the name was called Nebraska for Elephants. And because I really like the Nebraska values behind it, because yeah. I'm really proud of that. I think, you know, that grit, that it has a lot to do with it. And my primary funders have been Nebraska. And so I kind of wanted to give back in that way. And I just wanted to show, you know, Nebraska has a, a role in the global environment and global Very decisions. Nice. Um, but then I got a lot of feedback that, you know, if you want more supporters from a national level, you might want to eliminate Not. that part of it. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you've seen the logo Nebraska still at the root be- behind it because yeah. that's that's where it is. I love and that. And those values are still there. Um, but yeah, so the four, I have to think of something catchy. Sorry, I wish it I, Honestly, that's great. This is ca- that is catchy. Because yeah. honestly, okay. th- and the story honestly is better than if you had four elephants. Right. I'm okay. just going to say. Okay. The fact that you don't have four elephants is better. <laughs> that's really. all I needed to hear. Finally, told, somebody told me that. Thank you. So, okay, we have, it's, it's been hovering out there. It's been sitting out there. You have to mm. tell us how on earth you actually get the semen out of the elephant. Right. How you do it. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Because I, I, I everybody's going to waited 21 minutes into this podcast before we ask the <laughs> how question. How do they do that? How on earth does that happen? Well, number one, you can YouTube it. It's out there. Right. Um, but okay, <laughs> number two, enough. I'll You'll tell get, you. Yeah. You might get flagged, but I'm just <laughs> No, you won't. No, you won't. Anyway, no, okay. so it's like they do in other species. So it's not anything that hasn't been happening for 30 years, right? But for elephants, so it's a rectal massage where we're trying to stimulate the different mm-hmm. reproductive organs, prostate other organs that will stimulate uh, semen production. So we actually have a team. Um, the big thing at zoos, which is really awesome, is that safety first, right? And the elephant's willingness to participate. So it's never... Uh, if he doesn't want to do it, he's not going to happen. Right. He, I mean, he's right. an elephant. Yeah. Like, but he usually wants right. to do it, so it works out right. just fine. <laughs> I again, similarity. This is ridiculous, right? I got to go in the shoe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you show up, walk to the door, again. and all of a sudden they're all standing there like, hey. Tails wagging. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, they get used really? to it. Do they? Yeah. Do they, they really? They know her. It's they like know. Pavlov's dog. Yeah. They, they see you walk in like, yes. 
Carrie's back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Before you get into the way, anyway. how, how many, how much, how often can you collect from one elephant? Um, and we're figuring that out now is what, how often should you collect to get the best consistent samples, right? Yeah. And so right now we recommend collecting every two weeks. And again, this is kind of what's been done. Um, there's been other scientists working on this in the past. And so kind of they've recommended that and yeah. that's what we've been doing and that's what we're seeing working. But I also have now recently recommended, um, because we were doing a insemination procedure and you have limited time, you have a couple of days window when she's in estrus and will ovulate and that egg will live. And so we're trying to get bulls collected. So we have fresh semen. And so I actually recommend collecting uh, multiple days in a row. And that's based on how they breed in the wild. They'll breed multiple days. So everything I do, so my Africa program has been huge on getting benchmarks. Like this kind of makes sense to me because if right? you've got a herd of female elephants, you know they all end up cycling together, right? That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Right? Yes. Just like they, I mean, that's not an old wives tale. Right. Okay. And so... He's got to get busy. Right. There you go. And often. There you go. So, and so, is that yeah. why just in general, not women, but female. Nature. They cycle together because there's usually one bull, one whatever, and he's got to pow, pow, pow. Right. Like oh during that time. Really? Well, he's got it. That's what he's got to do. <laughs> I mean, even. Right? Have you ever sensitivity training? We don't have it here. <laughs> <in our government. laughs> We don't have sensitivity training here. So, there you yes. go. But that okay. was something that really wasn't practice. And I and I always try to relate it to, the, to nature, right? What right. happens in that nature, we should try to mimic as, as close as we can. Because you start, you know, going the other direction. And so, so that's what we've done. And it's worked really, really nice. And so, good. yeah, which is good. So we're making some good strides in the right direction. Um, but because I know Pat's looking at me, okay, back to the... Back to the- <laughs> you, you left us at rectal massage (laughs) i did yeah Um, so we have two people doing the rectal massage because it's quite tiring and there's actually instruments that are that are created just for this um you actually use your arm okay um yep (laughs) that is uh, that's it's it's unbelievable to me it's crazy it's it's fascinating but i have done that like the the ai on cattle mm -hmm. um that was part of ffa right so i have done i know what you're talking about but not so I have on an assistant. Ma- <laughs> not on that. Size. Not on, I haven't done that before. <laughs> that was on the on the female. It was the insemination part. Right. Right. So okay. So, yes, so I get that because yeah. you have the big plastic. Yeah. Sleeve. So you have the big plastic sleeve, yeah. and they're on a bench, a step stool, so they can reach the rectum. And they seriously, so they clean out the feces first, so they have good contact with the reproductive tract, and then they massage the the rectum, and then the penis will drop out. Can I say penis on here? Yeah, okay, for great. sure. And then somebody is and, below and, and the drop elephant. out. How big is an elephant penis? Oh my like four feet. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I've seen and I've seen that like on nature shows. And yeah. It just it yeah. looks and it's again crazy. Safe, safety thing. So the zoos sure. are really great about the elephant goes in by itself, so it's not stressed out. Um, safety things all around. Somebody's kind of near the elephant with this big call. It's called a catching sleeve, right. which basically is a pole with kind of looks like a, a net to catch fish, but you're going to collect semen. Um, and they put that under the penis so mm-hmm. that they can collect the semen. They don't want to be under the elephant for safety reasons. And then, you know, within three to five minutes, we usually get our first semen sample. And it's always based on the elephant managers. Is the elephant good? Does he seem to not to be agitated? And yeah. it's a pretty... You know, it's a quick process. The elephant seems to enjoy it just fine. Well, right. <laughs> um, saving a species and it's working. But then, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, two questions. One, when you said you don't want to be under the elephant, is it kind of like not like a squeeze shoot, but something yeah. similar to that yep. that they're put in so that they're 
Yep. They're kind of like, it's like thunder jackets, a and thunder coat. Thunder coat. You know, everybody's, <laughs> so they can just kind of be held. Exactly. Be right? held so they can't turn. So it's safe right. to the, the people and they can't hurt themselves, but still enough room that they can move to get the proper stimulation. For okay. Them. Let me, now the other thing, you said three to five minutes. I'm just curious. <laughs> All right. That's does somebody, <laughs> does somebody keep track? Is there, is there like somebody who's like, is there a competition? Like is somebody like record holder? Uh, like Not yet. He's the golden arm, right? I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 seven, I have to say, there are Randy. there are certain stimulators, the, the people that do the rectal massage, that are usually the one that They're, will result in the semen collection. So they they, so they, they probably charge the highest fees. Yeah, I'm just they should, I'm, right? They should, yeah, because that's, that's what I'm money. saying. Yeah, times time money. Yeah. but an elephant. Because the less time it takes, the safer it is for the elephant. Yes, yeah. And any time, trying to be practical, fair. right? Okay. Makes sense. But it can be from three minutes to over an hour, right? So wow. it depends. And some elephants are all very individual on whether the semen is produced right away or if it's actually produced when nothing's happening. So yeah. they massage and then nobody's doing anything and then he'll provide the sample. So it's all, every bowl is unique. Um, but aren't that's they? only half, <laughs> half aren't they? <laughs> but we have to figure this out for each individual, which yeah. seems, yeah. Um, and just the teams to get involved and trained and feel comfortable. But then my part is really doing like, looking at the semen sample, looking at the quality, um, and using different extenders so that it can live. Okay. Um, so okay. that's kind of a lot of what I do is trying to perfect how do we maintain its survivability so we mm -hmm. can use it for insemination. Um, and then also working out protocols to cryopreserve. So cryopreservation, once we get that down, which I'm really close to, we're getting some good results. Is it similar to it's, what they use in, in, in humans? Yes, exactly. Yep. Kind so I, used, I worked in human medicine and infertility for a while to kind of see what was sure. new. And then I... Once I learned what I could learn, I got out to apply it to endangered species. Um, but yeah. it's exactly the same. Um, and so the goal is we can maintain those those sperm cells until we need them for insemination, right. whether it's in a week, in a year, in ten years, in twenty. And you and um, you yeah. have um, you go to Africa quite often, a couple times a year, right? Yes. And yep. you have a field lab there. I do. Do you, do you collect ever on wild elephants at all that are captured? We will be. Yeah. <laughs> so that is part of my project program goals now is because we really need to, um, right now there's uh, regulations and laws that don't allow more elephants to be imported from Africa, but we do mm -hmm. need to improve our genetic population and just to have more, right. more, more elephants. More um, diversity. I'm sure more, that you want to, yeah. instead of having a small pond. And how cool yeah. would that be? In, <laughs> yeah. Instead of having to import elephants, you can just import semen. Yeah. So you can't right? even import right. semen yet? Not right now. Um, we're can't working collect on, it? We can collect it from okay. there. I'm working on, actually, I'm going there in just a week. And so wow. I'm having some of these conversations to start at least collecting it over there, starting at a, a bank over there, so that then we can work on the import permits. Because you got the laws. You yes. got the actual collection, but yeah. then you've got the legal yes. side of it. There's it's always all of those facets. But, you know, yeah. to really make this work, it's really taken all facets. You know, I'm a reproductive physiologist, but a lot of what I do is 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 talking to people PR. and getting people on board yeah. and training people and, and making them feel comfortable with what I'm trying to do. Once you um, get that ball rolling, then you can spend more time doing what you love to do. Yeah. And, and I'm sure yeah. working in the field yes. and in the lab. Yeah. Africa yeah. program has been huge for this. You know, I started that 10 years ago and it was really small donation. A lot of my personal money, um, crate by crate of equipment, you know, nine crates at a time, bringing to Africa to set up a lab. Wow. Um, it's the first of its kind like that there. And 
you know, working in, in Africa as American woman, um, it took a long time to build that trust. Um, yeah. and that like, I'm here to help you. Like there's no other, there's no Did other Did you have motive. like an ambassador to help you or no, to um, facilitate it? I mean, so, it was just like, you just showed up. So when I first went with Omaha yeah. Zoo, that was instrumental that had to years be ago because yeah. I met a lot of people. Right. And then right. when I started to do this elephant fat study, <laughs> um, I really needed to know what elephants looked like in the wild. And yeah, so I knew I was limited. If I'm just looking at zoo elephants, of course they're all going How to look the same. How fortunate is that, though? I mean, uh, as a scientist, because for people, there are no people. Well, you can't. They're they're out there, but you can't go near them. <laughs> people in the wild, you know what I mean? That are untouched by <laughs> right, right. Yeah. How everything yeah. just yes, civilization, how it's yeah. evolved, and to see how their day to day routine is probably untouched right. and unchanged over right. a long period of time, right. They're just still doing what they do. And then yeah. all the elephants that are in the zoos mm-hmm. are left up to the imagination of the people that kind of decided how to care for them. Right. Wow. I right. totally get why you think wow. that you sometimes feel it's overwhelming because it, you, it looks like when you're looking at it that you are like facing a mountain because you're trying to change everything when it comes to this. And you, right. it's, it's, all pretty, the protocols, it's pretty yeah. amazing. It, I mean, it really yeah. is. And I can, I can understand why you'd feel overwhelmed, but yeah. you obviously have clear <laughs> goals and you obviously are doing the right thing. So you're going to get there. Yeah, yeah. it's very fascinating. Well, thanks. Yeah. You know, yeah. it can be overwhelming, but I also then have to take a step back and say, I was given this mission for a reason. Mm-hmm. So just do the next thing mm-hmm. and keep everything going. You know, when it feels like, you know, because the nonprofit was necessary to, I think, for the long term sustainability of this. And then it's not mine, it's the communities. That's what a nonprofit right. is. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm gone, I want it to continue. And I want it to change the fate of elephants and zoos mm-hmm. and the wild. And um, that's a pretty big mission. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I also think it's possible. Um, and so, of course, we need the support to do that. We need yeah. the support to optimize these things. We need the, um, you know, and again, I want zoos and other places to buy in. And I think they will. Like, it's not saying you did this wrong, do this. It's look in the mirror. We've done some things that probably weren't. In We've, the forward direction, yeah. but hey, now we know, and we, we, learned have, some we, new things. we still have time to reverse mm-hmm. it. And I do think, as a community, we can and we will. Um, yep. But I'll keep pushing <laughs> That's as great. much as I can, you know. And having like Les Vogler's um, input yeah. on this was huge because you know, diving into the semen aspect. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, why would you do assisted reproduction for elephants? It should be natural." Absolutely. If we were in a state, we could just do Ideally. natural. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry, we're not in an ideal yeah. situation. So, you know, I'm working towards this kind of, we have to do assisted reproduction and natural to get the population stable. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're changing how zoos manage elephants so it is more natural. So there are bulls. There are so it's multiple kind of coming, bulls. So it's, it's like both. pull back on one side and, and gain ground on yeah. the other you and ha- somewhere you'll kind of get yeah. it back to where it And you be. can't just wait for all the science, yeah. right? It's kind of like we have to act now. We have to take some calculated risks at the same time build up the science and what we should be doing properly um but yeah so wow. it's a lot but it's important and so yeah. that's why you do it um. this has been awesome <laughs> carrie thank you thank so you. much for for being on our podcast carrie morfeld again it's for elephants.org the number four that's right elephants.org if you want to check it out yourself and you you on your website they can find out exactly what all it is that you do yes and uh more about how they can help yeah that'd be great yeah that would be really cool be have you a real quick question 
working with any any kids or schools or anything like that from yeah. college all the way down? I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, you know, with our website, um, I have to get Omaha Media Group has put that website together. Good. And they have been fantastic of pushing it. And it's just beginning. So it's going to expand. And part of a big part of this is the education and the kids. So I go to schools all ages because it matters at all ages mm-hmm. and it's not only about elephants it's more about um taking a leap or challenging yourself kind of taking the the path that's not always a b right. c if you have that feeling it's okay if you feel okay. like i don't fit over here but i want to yeah. do something like this so it's this. kind of that message too you know don't be scared of yeah. you know who thinks who would think that a small town nebraska girl can be an elephant reproductive physiologist right that's you're exactly like, well, right so you know you can yes. do it exactly yeah. you're like <laughs> the expert. you should at least try you Otherwise, you'll always wonder. Um, So um, I actually have graduate programs at UNO. So I have master's students that go there and do elephant-specific projects with me. And then um, through Nebraska Wesleyan and Lincoln, I have some students and undergraduates working with me. That's awesome. Um, But that's part of it, too, is shaping the next generation. It can be painful, but I know I was a student that wanted a mentor that was doing something a little bit different. Um, so I know yeah. a lot of teachers listen to our podcast. Awesome. And so I just want yeah. them to, yeah, just kind of yeah. put a bug in their ear. Yeah. Might, might think about it because yeah, it could be just be a, a whole different presentation, um, yeah. and from a different perspective, but from a native of Nebraska. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you betcha. Guys. Uh, you guys go to kuglervision.com too. They support our podcast. They've been supporting our podcast for a while. Yes, they so have. We Wonderful. appreciate that very yes, much. Yes, exactly. Awesome. So kuglervision.com. And, and when you go there right now, you can uh, sign up for your consultation. If you have glasses or contacts and you decided, I want to ditch the contacts. I don't want to wear the glasses. You're tired of paying for new frames because you got to keep up with fashion or you broke your glasses or your prescriptions changed. You're just renting your vision essentially over years and years (laughs) going for the procedures. And then you have a a life-changing event, no doubt, but you got to start at the consultation. Yep. Do that. Um, do that at kuglervision.com. You can pick your time, pick your date, pick everything that's yes. convenient for you. Go and see what you qualify for and what your eyes can take. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just do it. It'll change it does change your life. For some people, it's a same day procedure, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Kuglervision.com. Thanks for listening to our podcast. It's Pat and JT everywhere. Pat and JT Podcast. A Parkville Media Production.